0: Welcome to Episode 92 of the ASC Podcast with John Gailey for March fifteenth, 2020, recording live from our studio in Spencerport, New York. This is Sue Cronkite, Chief Researcher for ASC Podcast and Senior Nurse Consultant for Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. And I'm in the studio with John Gailey, one of the nation's leading experts in the ambulatory surgery industry. And we're joined remotely or trying to Get it to work. We're being joined remotely by Jenna Alvarez, Senior Nurse Consultant with HS, Alex Borneman, Director of Operations for HS, and I know, Alex, you're here, um, and Lori Rodericks, Director of Clinical Services for HS. And I just, we wanted to thank everybody for um, joining us. It's kind of a last minute thing, and we appreciate it. So, Alex, you're here?
1: Yep. Okay. Yep, thanks. and it looks like Jenna is as well.
0: Okay, good. I'm here. Can, Can you hear me? Hi, Jenna. Yep. yep. Okay.
1: Yep. So and I'm texting, texting Lori, I'm, just, I'm you know, trying to get her
2: everybody.
3: there. <laughs> Go ahead and vamp everybody.
2: <laughs> Lori, um, Lori should be coming on any minute. Okay. Oh, Lori's joined. Hey, Lori, are you there?
1: How do I hit the post oh, button? Doesn't look like she's called in yet.
0: Okay. Right, but she's post-book. working on it we're just waiting for john's just
3: i'm gonna kill one of your feeds alex i you have i have two of them here okay and laurie's not here yet oh there she Laura. is Hang she's on. dialing
0: in sorry everybody it's a little trial
4: and error oh good i'm on now there you are you're, you're on thank you okay.
3: okay and, john's so, here. and i'm <laughs> here and i think i've uh so here's what's happened in the last half hour. It started with Lori, as it always does. Thanks, uh, Lori. <laughs> nice texted, Laurie. Thanks, Lori. Lori texted me <laughs> and indicated that uh, the state of Massachusetts um, had... Uh, uh, Lori, go ahead and tell, tell, her, uh, tell everybody what you said.
4: Uh, well, this evening, the governor, uh, Governor Charlie Baker, went on live to give an update on what Massachusetts, what he has decided Massachusetts would start doing now based on um the uh the state of uh, of emergency. So, um within the uh, restrictions that he's imposed um in the state, uh one of the things that he had mentioned was that elective surgeries, hospitals uh will be directed to postpone elective surgeries to ensure medical workers and hospital spaces available. And then um which I sort of heard. And then when um, the uh, the w- woman that uh, heads up the uh, Department of Health for Massachusetts uh, gave a recap of the key points that they were imposing, she said ambulatory surgery centers and hospital elective surgeries. Except um, under certain conditions, which I don't know what they are, and I'm desperately trying to find out since it's not listed anywhere online. Um, I have reached out uh, to the uh, state association president, uh, Greg D. Consilas, but he hasn't gotten back to me, and I I'm not surprised because I'm sure he's being inundated right now. Mm-hmm. Oh wait a minute, he has gotten back to me. Oh. Okay. Um so his response is governor just canceled as of Wednesday to in quotes preserve resources. And I won't go anything else that he wrote me. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so so, long yeah, so let, let me Yeah, uh... so that's basically what it sounds like is happening in the state of Massachusetts.
0: Okay.
3: So here's what was happening is uh, when I got the text, I started uh, texting some of our clients and I, I got a little overwhelmed um, uh, because everybody was texting and emailing at the same time and asking the big question, yeah. which is, is this going to happen in New York? Is this going to happen in California? Is this going to happen in other states? Yeah. So uh, I just decided to go live. We're, we're just totally uh, mm-hmm. winging it here. We, we have um, a brief note. We're, we're actually calling on our listeners to help us uh, here uh, I know that I'm looking at the list of people that are on. We actually have 20 people on right yeah. now. So thank you all for listening. in. I, 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 I know this was short notice, and uh, this is an incredible opera. Uh, 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 it's
0: a format. good venue, I think. <laughs> be, yeah, because you can, yeah. if you have questions, the, everybody can hear the answers. And you know, if you have some information, it's helpful for everybody.
3: Right. I do see that most of the listeners are are uh, clients of ours, which we appreciate. But uh, invite anybody else. Uh, it is out on uh, LinkedIn. I had to send like three LinkedIn's. Um and I'm I'm am monitoring it. Um and we're waiting for uh New York. We have a lot of concerns and again most of the listeners are from New York right now. I do uh I did reach out to Beth um uh, out in California. I know that she's trying to get on right now too. And uh and actually she just texted or emailed me and said that she's on. So Beth, if you have any updates, feel free to hit that uh call in button and uh you know, anything that we can get out there is what's going on in California. We know that uh, many of our listeners are are from New York and California, just because of the the way we sent those links out. So uh, uh, if anybody does want to log on, please, uh, no spamming. I know that we had that problem last time. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll probably only invite people on that I can recognize their names. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then also use the text messaging within mm-hmm. the app here. That's another way to uh, communicate with us. Yep,
0: text in any questions and, and we'll do our best to answer.
3: And Sue's watching. We're watching everything am- we can. Alex is on the line. Let me just tell everybody who uh, we have. Oh, there's Beth. Uh, hang on one second. Welcome, Beth LaBoyer. I, I assume this is Beth LaBoyer. Beth, Beth, are you there?
4: Can you hear no, me? No, but it's. Oh, I think she is.
3: Well, we'll find out in a couple I of minutes. She is. maybe it she says may she's on. The... But Beth, you might want to check your microphone there. So, go ahead, Laurie. Is,
5: is it working now? Hello.
3: Oh yes, yeah, there I you know. are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, Beth, you're 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 such a quiet person. It's hard, <laughs> in even the normal yeah. circumstance. I have to jump your your volume levels up all the time. Oh, so oh welcome, gosh. Beth.
5: Oh, thanks, thanks, John. Um, latest update I have for California is Governor Newsom just gave a press conference, and um, no directive on canceling surgeries at this point i've been reaching out to the california department of public health however the state has put in um uh, isolation for 65 and older they should they all everyone should be on home isolation right and um you know they've closed some establishments and that sort of thing So Uh I would think the home isolation for those that are 65 and older would bring a new perspective to, um, you know, proceeding with any surgery. But no mandate that we have as of yet on elective surgery still um, recommending that surgery centers um, reach out to their local department of public health and be part of that emergency, their local emergency response. So they're plugged in in that direction.
0: Thank you. Uh,
3: and we have been reaching out to the state of New York. Is anybody from the state? Uh, if you are, uh, text me, and then uh, we can... Oh, uh, and then Beth just went offline. We do have another slot open. We only have four slots. We have three of them uh, active right now. Mm-hmm. So um, we're up to 23 listeners. So uh, let no, me... On uh, just online,
4: get- John, online there is something that um, went out this morning which I, I imagine you're aware of out in your part of the world, out uh, Buffalo area, mm-hmm. Western New York hospitals. Um, so they're taking a wait-and-see approach on whether to discontinue elective surgeries, following a recommendation by Governor Andrew Cuomo that hospitals may be directed to halt elective procedures right. to make sure there's enough bed capacity. Um, and, Jenna, you saw something and, about that. And
2: um, Mayor de Blasio also... Um, said in a press conference today that he's going to sign an executive order on Monday, directing hospitals in the city to cancel all elective procedures. So we'll see what that actually entails when it comes out tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Whether it's actually, whether it's actually just hospitals or if it applies
5: to
3: others. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, We have been getting a a number of uh, text messages uh, about abortion um, and comment being surgical abortion is not elective. I, I do, under, um, I do understand. I do understand that position. I, I don't. Um, I don't know what the state's position on that would be. And yeah. the problem is that ASCs in general are considered to be elective uh, facilities. So uh, we will try to get some clarification, of course, on mm-hmm. that. If if mm-hmm. it does happen, now let let's make it clear yeah, to all it, of our so. listeners that are just joining um, that the situation is um, uh, right now. Uh, we do know that the state of Massachusetts has decided to do this uh, to, to stop uh, all elective surgery in both the hospital and the ASC setting. We do know that some other states are considering it and uh, we certainly know that the Surgeon General has recommended it at a national level but only for the hospitals. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, anybody else have uh, any information at this point?
1: I do see um, on New York City's website that they have recommended that people, that healthcare facilities are encouraged to implement plans now for canceling elective admissions and procedures. But that is just a recommendation, or they're encouraging it. Um, And just even in the planning phase, (coughs) that's part of their. That's part of their health update from today.
4: And um, I see that um, this weekend in Ohio, um, the governor urged that any medical procedures that are not immediately necessary be put on hold. Um, Again, referring to hospitals. So, you know, I don't know if they're just overlooking ASCs or... Truly, not including ASCs. It's it's a right. That's a tough one.
3: I'm sure they're not um, even thinking about us, right? Uh, to start, right?
4: No, I'm sure. And the the question would remain to those uh, in leadership per, uh, positions in each state or each state association. You know, do you really want to ask, <laughs> or do you want to just um, continue um, and plead? I didn't. I didn't know it said hospital. You know, I know, that's that's the devil side of me speaking, which no one's ever seen.
3: <laughs> uh, Jackie from uh, New York City just asked the question. Is there something that you can email me that says that or do we have to wait for the mayor to make it official? Now, again, we have not stated that uh, we have not heard yet. nor uh, nothing.
2: He hasn't not put out his official right. executive order yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that- that- sorry.
1: We're also not sure that it applies to ASCs. Um, is mm-hmm. it-,
2: it, it Right now, state- what he said, yeah. he will sign, says it will be for hospitals. Okay. And it's mostly to prepare for more patients, you
4: know, to take That's more right. patients. Yeah. To yeah, clear out absolutely. beds. And, and to also um, be able for them to have the... Uh, resources that they need, as in PPE and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to be using it on elective procedures, because they feel they're going to need it for those um, most in need, which are those that are um, infected. And I
0: think that's also a good chance for if anybody's listening that can offer any opinion on are, are they beginning to see a change in their volume are they seeing issues with their staff getting in because of you know the school is right. closing and that kind of thing it, it'd be a great it'd be some good information to share you know among us
3: the other thing that would be helpful is if any of you have had to shut down uh, for other reasons uh for example on uh, friday we did uh, indicate that one of our uh, centers in new york had to shut down because one of the employees had been uh, Um, uh, exposed. And uh, as a result, they had to quarantine all of the employees of that center. Um, I only have anecdotal information at this point. I have uh, reached out to, uh, you know, New York State Association, uh, who I have a little more uh, input with. uh, And also I posted on LinkedIn uh, a question to anybody else. So if uh, please text if your center has been closed or has closed as a result of this um, we got a, a, email from, or a text from Peter who says that there are no, uh, volume issues yet in his ASC and he is in uh, Connecticut. Um, and I do, so, uh, and by the way, Peter's facility is an eye surgery center. I think what we might be seeing is people or up until now, people, uh, quickly kind of going in and getting their surgery done before they, you know, uh-huh. before things start uh, shutting down. I, I think, um, I think it's important to state, I, I, I think we all know where we're heading. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's, and that's one thing I just want everybody to be prepared for is that I think it is very likely that one of two things is going to happen. You're going to uh, uh, be forced to shut down, you know, by government mandate, um, or uh, you won't uh, have patience, um, or the, the the patient volume will drop, uh, you know, too low for you to you know financially be able to 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 remain open. Or the last thing, which uh, I think is going to become a major concern soon, is that employees just won't be uh, showing up.
0: Um, now, is it possible though that as people try to avoid hospitals, that maybe? You know, that, that will boost the volume in the ASTs, or do you see that I not don't happening?
3: Know. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think so. We just got a comment. Physicians over the age of 65 mm-hmm. have started to call me today to cancel their surgeries and prepare for self quarantine. Uh, so that's a good point, is that, you know, our older surgeons out there might just themselves not want to uh, have any exposure. That's very. Uh, mm-hmm. Good thing to do. One of one of you is like, cooking Ohio, dinner while you're doing this. Uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> the, the other, um, the, the article in Ohio also says that um, that elective surgeries include dental procedures and veterinary care. Yeah. So I don't know how ASCs are going to be exempt in this.
3: Regard. I agree. I agree. Yeah.
0: And as you said, it could have a lot to do with trying to um, preserve the the limited PPE that's out there right now
3: right and also make sure that the workers are available the 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 workforce is available if we need to many people work in ASCs also work in you know the hospital setting so i think that the demands on their time are, are going to increase too one uh hang on so in our podcast, uh, on Friday, we, uh, we didn't get to a lot of topics uh, or we didn't get to all the topics we're going to talk about. So as we're waiting for more information to come in, we're just going to stay on for a while. Our listenership keeps going up right now. We're up to about 29 people, uh, that are on the line. So I'm sure you're waiting for more information. Um, uh, uh, as the word gets out, you know, we'll stay on for like an hour to see what, what happens here. And, uh, if, if the listenership drops down, then we'll, uh, we'll cut out, but, um, it is our uh, intention to try to keep everybody up to date. We might be doing these daily podcasts or these daily, um, uh, call-ins, whatever we want to call it, uh, to keep you up to date. It has been uh, quite a struggle for my staff to stay on top of everything. And sometimes, uh, you know, we're just on the, on the phone talking to each other throughout. And I thought maybe just having everybody else listen in to what's going on and, and feed in, that would be very helpful. Uh, so I do appreciate everybody that is uh, very patient with us as we, we get through this. Um, But one of our concerns and one of the things we never got to uh, on Friday was talking about the economic consequences of this. And it's already starting to happen. We're, you know, our company, for example, is a very small business and we're concerned about our cash flow uh, because we know that people are going to have a hard time paying the bills right now or physically they might not even be in the the office to pay the bills. Uh, And the surgery centers are the same thing. And I think... uh, um, it's important to recognize that we're going to have to be making some tough decisions. You're going to have to consider what your policies are going to be about paying people who might be going into a quarantine, uh, about what happens, uh, you know, if the government mandate comes down that you uh, uh, you can no longer do surgery, Um uh, are you going to continue to pay your employees under that condition? Uh, most uh, most of us have insurance policies, uh, but you will probably note that uh, uh, acts of God or pandemics are probably specifically excluded in those policies. I don't uh, actually. If anybody has any policies that don't exclude it, I'd like to hear about that. But for the most part, those are uh, just standard exclusions. Um, so, what we're finding like uh, we live in Monroe County in uh, upstate New York, and uh, uh, on Saturday, the uh, um, th- this county, as well as all of the surrounding counties, decided to shut down schools until further notice, which of mm-hmm. course, is causing uh, quite a bit of consternation for the workforce as they uh, try to figure out what they're going to do for daycare. Hopefully, call, you know, keep in mind, one of the solutions is often, well, we'll call on the grandparents. Uh, to take mm-hmm. care of our children. But, of course, the grandparents are, you know, at, at an at-risk population. They might not be available or we might not want to. Um, uh, first of all, I don't know if you always want to subject them to your children. Mm-hmm. I know.
0: Uh- <laughs> and actually, and I know we've heard many times that it isn't affecting the pediatric population as badly. Um, they and, But they were talking today somewhere on the news, I was hearing, that um, they're believing a lot more of the spread is coming from... Non-symptomatic people, as opposed to—I I, know—the other day we were saying more symptomatic people are spreading it, which kind of makes sense because they're coughing and blowing their noses or whatever. But um, they are thinking there's a lot more of the um, asymptomatic uh, patients out there that are spreading it around. So that could very well be a lot of kids that that aren't even showing any signs. But you know, kids are very good at spreading things. So. We, we do want to be aware, even healthier people try to stay away from the high-risk uh, population.
3: Erie County, New York, just went up to seven positive cases, all ranging from the ages 20 to 40. Interesting, Christina. Yeah, yeah. In uh, Monroe County, we only have two cases as of the time that I listened mm-hmm. to
0: the news. But again, how much testing, That that's right. what I wonder. Right. Really.
3: Well, and, and I did hear word, and Jenny, you might, well, either you or, uh, or uh, Lori, uh, I did hear that the symptoms in the beginning um are mild and i think i even heard that they might be milder than mm-hmm. the, the common flu that we have right now it's almost like
0: you're either terribly terribly sick right or
2: by the way monroe County's up to oh. eight new cases or eight confirmed cases
3: okay, okay. well that that jumped up pretty wow. dramatically
2: yeah that happened like at seven thirty like, oh, before geez. you came on
3: jenna i know you've been on top of this whole testing uh, issue too i know that uh uh Uh, you had mentioned that the number of tests uh, tests that went out were over a million, but the number of actual tests being performed as of Friday when we last talked about that was quite a bit lower. I suspect that that's changing.
2: Um, I think it's changing. I think the States have been stepping it up quite a bit. Um, I think last I looked on the New York state website, um, they're trying to get up to having 5,000 tests per day. I don't know if they're at that now, but that's their goal. Um, I think the drive-through uh, drive-through clinic in um, New Rochelle sure. was up to like two or three hundred a day.
3: Okay. Lori, I've had some questions, uh, feeling some questions during the day from some of our clients about uh, PPE. Uh, one of the questions was for non-surgical cases. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, non-sterile cases. Can we reuse uh, paper goods? And I think we all agreed that uh, disposable. Uh, Uh, Gowns uh, in any uh, situation would be uh, not not acceptable. Correct.
4: Correct. And um, they've even gone on record. uh, It was either um, the CDC physician, was it Dr. Faros or another physician, Dr. Siegel, that said you cannot reuse PPE. Right. And that that was one of the things that they were talking about for like the drive-through centers. Yeah. Because. Theoretically, if you go to the drive through center, the person that is swabbing you is supposed to be removing everything before they go to the next person
5: yeah. mm. and the
4: next person. So you think about it, um, Jenna, what did you say? 200 people got went to the drive through That's a lot of PPE. And yeah. um, they also are suggesting that you don't remove your own PPE, that someone else removes it for
0: you. That's I, a lot of PPE that needs
4: to be. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, this you know. um, this strain, this this co- the COVID nineteen is a lot more um, easily transmitted than the flu. You know. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the flu right. has had a, a greater number of yeah um, fatalities, et cetera. But the uh, the spread of this is mm-hmm. much more rampant and by
0: three um, three or fourfold, right?
4: Yeah. It so so that's the that's what they're trying to do is mm-hmm. is keep down the amount of um, exposures. Um, and well, and it sounds like there's some
2: there's some debate about what is appropriate PPE. Um, mm-hmm. One of the main points of contention right now, I guess, is um, between the hospital association and the nurses' union about the use of N95 masks versus the use of surgical masks.
0: So whether it's airborne or droplet.
2: So from what I can understand, it's droplet, mm-hmm. but... The particles can stay in 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 perfect lab conditions. Particles can stay in the air for up to three hours, Mm -hmm. so that's why they have the rules in place. That if you're doing something that's going to cause you to have aerosols, that's when you need the N95 masks. Mm -hmm. Right, but But I I, think I I, I mean the CDC for quite a while too. Yeah, the CDC released their their guidance, but I guess the nurses' union and the hospitals are kind of arguing over the appropriateness of it.
0: So I wonder if the drive-through uh, testing centers, because I'm assuming they're swabbing.
2: They well, you stay in, in your, your car. I, yeah,
0: it, but, yeah.
2: They were describing so, it on the news. You you're like in your car, and someone in full PPE gear comes up
4: mm-hmm.
2: and, and hands N95 you something
0: because people are probably going to cough.
2: Well, then I think you close your window again <laughs> to, to, call, to create the sample.
4: Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> well, I mean, my biggest thought is that um, using the state of Massachusetts as an example, once one governor does this, uh, yeah absolutely probably are all going to march in the same row, right, because you don't want to be the state that didn't do it and end up having a a more pronounced outbreak um, you know, so this is just hope they're doing this to be proactive. I mean, even restaurants and whatnot the they're only allowed to do takeout. you cannot eat in restaurants anymore in the state of Massachusetts after tomorrow. Right. You cannot go into fitness clubs are closing down, um, theaters are closed down, um, so it's pretty it's pretty intensive. So it, they're not doing a mandatory lockdown, but it's as close to that as possible. State mm-hmm. workers are um, on furlough. Uh, my daughter works for the uh, Department of um, Child Services. And they are more so on, like, emergency call. So they're oh not going out on their regular scheduled visits because it's too, um, you know, it's, it's setting people up for exposure. But they are available for emergency-type um, situations. But the state workers are not being brought to to work. They're, they're told to stay home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, uh, it's getting kind of... Uh, Oh, foreboding, so to say.
3: Sorry, and we're nursing having... Um, homes
4: won't, nursing homes uh, have now restricted all visitors. So anyone in the state and- of Massachusetts cannot visit their loved ones in a nursing home or, um, you know, any kind of residence like that.
3: We just got a, uh, an email from uh, Beth Boyer, by the way, uh, who gave us... Um, an update uh, March 13th that was on Friday on uh, recommendations for management of elective surgical procedures. Um, I, this is from the uh, American college of surgeons.
0: Uh-huh. Do you want me to just read it? Yeah. Why not, uh, Sue, while we're uh,
3: do, gathering on the information, why don't you just read some of the important okay. parts, especially those two bullet points. There? Okay.
0: So information for surgeons. Um, and it just states that that guided by st- the trajectory of cases in Italy and other countries.
3: Uh, somebody is, um, typing on the like line is typing like crazy. Oh. Typing <laughs> like crazy. I believe
5: that. that's my
2: husband oh. in the background. Oh. Um, I'll turn. It, I'll go on mute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You all okay. thought
0: it was me. <laughs>
1: yeah, we did. No, I don't know that you
0: typed that fast. But that's true. It's um. You're right. I don't. Probably. Jenna. <laughs> So it is very likely that the U.S. healthcare infrastructure and resources, particularly as it relates to care of the most critically ill patients, are likely to be strained over the coming weeks. And they mentioned social distancing, crowd avoidance, and other techniques will help to flatten the curve. But beyond that, it is appropriate to be forward-thinking regarding those patients who will nevertheless become infected. So um, they recommend the, as we said, the American College of Surgeons. Uh, recommends the following, that each hospital health system and surgeon should thoughtfully review all scheduled elective procedures with a plan to minimize, postpone, or cancel electively scheduled operations, endoscopies, or other invasive procedures until we have passed the predicted inflection point in the exposure graph and can be confident that our healthcare infrastructure can support a potentially rapid and overwhelming uptick in critical patient care needs. And the second bullet point is to immediately minimize use of essential items needed to care for patients, including but not limited to ICU beds, personal protective equipment, terminal cleaning supplies, and ventilators. There are many asymptomatic patients who are nevertheless shedding virus and are unwittingly exposing other inpatients, outpatients, and healthcare providers to the risk of contracting COVID-19.
3: Let's see if there's
0: more. Basically, they talk... Yeah, I think those are the main points. But I think that's, uh, again, that's from the
3: American College of uh, Surgeons. Uh, I also do have a, um, we knew this was coming, but uh, the Presidential Declaration of the National Emergency opens the door for Section 1135 waiver relief. Um, So uh, this is one of those areas that, uh, remember, Jenna and Alex, we had been looking at and then kind of saying to each other, well, let's not worry about this right now. Um, <laughs> that was, I think, about three weeks ago. Um, just shows you how quickly things change. So not um,
0: sorry,
3: we do have an 1135. So the, Alex, you're probably better about describing this than me. Do you want to describe the sure. 1135
1: waiver? Yeah. So the 1135 waiver um, happens when um, there's an emergency declared in either the state or a national emergency, and it's something that a facility can apply for um, that will enable them to ignore certain uh, rules and regulations, um, mostly having to do with uh, credentialing, so you can take in um, volunteers um, you know, to help treat patients in an emergency, or you can practice outside your scope in terms of you know, offering emergency care to patients and things like that.
3: Um, and that's a very good point. Uh, if I can just interrupt you for a second. I did have a call from uh, one of our clients this afternoon uh, who uh, asked about that very issue is what would we do if we, if uh, the hospital is trying to shift cases to the surgery center? And by the way, Which, uh, why not? Uh, at,
0: the, at the end of that,
3: uh, the American College of American Surgeons,
0: College of Surgeons document that I was reading and I, I was just skimming through the rest and it does suggest to inpatient facilities possibly shifting elective urgent inpatient diagnostic and surgical procedures to outpatient settings when feasible. So, you know, that is a... a that is that a possibility.
3: So if we do, so the step would be uh, that they do need to declare a national emergency or a state emergency, which uh, we certainly have declared a national emergency. Um, uh, uh, state emergencies are happening in most states, I believe, in New York. Um, that kicks in the eligibility for the 1135 waiver. We will, Alex and I, will uh, start working tomorrow on uh, getting some policies out there for people. We do have a policy uh, we just never spent much time reading it, um, so we'll figure out what that impact would be. So this might be a means uh, if they do allow elective surgery to continue, or at least surgery that's. Uh, I guess a point was made that we might even be doing things that we wouldn't normally be uh, consider elective, such as um, you know emergency appendectomies, which uh, if we can move them to the outpatient setting and and uh, get people quickly credentialed to do that, that might be a great. Great idea out there. So thank you to uh, my client, Daniel, uh, for bringing that to my attention. I'm sorry, Daniel, I gave you a different answer, but that was before we considered the 1135 waiver and what the impact would be on that. Mm-hmm. So we'll start looking into that. Alex, we should probably take that 1135 um, policy that we have and we can post it on the the website when I have a chance to get to that area again. So um, for those of you that are joining us or are not familiar with uh, what we do, uh, we do have a a website called ASCPodcast.com. If you go to that website, there is an action plan listed right on the front page. Uh, It has not been updated since Thursday. We're still um, trying to get our head above water here, Uh, but we uh, keep an eye on that website. I will put... um, uh, uh, notations next to um, the information to indicate when it was last updated so that you'll know what, it, uh, what we have there. Um, uh, so uh, Alex, we, you and I need to start working on that tomorrow. Lori, can you talk a little bit about, I, again, I think I want to focus back on infection control because I, 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 have been getting questions from people who seem to uh, uh, mm-hmm. be considering um, loosening their infection control uh, rules. And uh, I, I think we all agree that's not appropriate, but perhaps you can kind of focus a little bit on that and just kind of talk a little bit about what we can do and what we better never be doing.
4: Um, well, you know, just off the top of my head, you know, I mean, first off, no, you never want to be lax on your infection control um, procedures, your policies, your plans. That That's, there's... There's no defense in that, whether legal or morally, uh, for your patients or your staff, number one. Right. Uh, Number two, maybe you want to assign uh, a, a specific person, you know, an employee. It could be anybody, you know, that you have to be the one that is turning everything over, you know, the only way I would say that's how you could reuse your PPE is if this person is technically just your cleaner that's going, you know, all over the place, cleaning, wiping. You see it in, um, you see it right now in um, airports, you see it in um, lobbies and, and whatnot. Somebody is spraying and wiping the surfaces and whatnot continuously uh, throughout the day granted um that's you know in an outside environment but you know we might end up thinking about that you know as we said thinking outside the box you know someone could be in your waiting area cleaning um the seats and and whatnot that you know the handles on the doors for patients that are coming in and out or visitors coming in and out that's that's a constant battle you know no one's going to be cleaning the door handles on their way out and very few people are using their elbows. And if you're pulling a door to open it, how can you not open it if you're not using your hands? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that might be something to consider. Um, when it comes to direct patient care, you can't reuse stuff, you know? So maybe you, you know, you, you do your best, uh, you know to to limit what it is that you are using keep your distance from your um from the actual uh, site of surgery if it's an open procedure or whatnot um no longer stand up at the field to to talk to the surgeon or the scrub uh, tech um and watch the surgery you know closer up keep your distance if you're the circulator keep your distance if you're anesthesia keep the screen up Um, so that you're not looking over the screen which you know it happens you know people talk to each other with their eyes just as much as with their words um you know so create that barrier the best that you can um limit as much aerosol as you uh, as possible whether it's you know in the OR or when you're dumping um waste in your hopper or in your sink things like that um you know, keep your uh, protective glasses on. If you have protective glasses, keep them on, you know, protect your eyes, um, you know, stuff like that. But it's it's hard. It, I mean, yeah, it's extremely hard. And, and those of you that have packs, you know, um, uh, surgical packs that you open on your back tables and set up your sterile field, sometimes you have extra gowns. Save those. They, your PPE doesn't have to be sterile. So you can use those gowns as long as they haven't been on the contaminated backfield. So if your doctor always uses an extra large gown and you have an extra, lar- an extra large gown on your field because he or she's not going to wear that one, hand it off and then use that as a as a method of PPE for cleaning or um, in the um, processing room if it's. Uh, Uh not a wet area, you know, stuff like that. Same thing with extra gloves. If you know you have an extra pair of gloves, save it. If you drop a pair of gloves on the floor that normally we might toss because obviously they're not sterile anymore, save it. You can use those as, you know, your cleaning gloves. So um, fortunately or unfortunately, the um, ASC world, we're very big on um, being uh, frugal and not wasting and not opening extra supplies. But there are times when we do have those extra supplies, save them, use them. Don't, um, you know, don't bring them home. You know, the, the, the people at the center need them now, um, that sort of thing. Um, that, so that's just off the top of my head, if that's helpful at all.
3: Absolutely. Uh, Alex, just, uh, Alex, do you want to talk a little bit about what you just sent off or, um, About eleven thirty nine waiver.
1: Yeah, so I was looking for an official eleven thirty five initiation. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and so CMS um, did have a press release on Friday saying that basically President Trump's um, announcement that we are in a state of national emergency does enable them to um, start doing waivers under the eleven thirty five. Or section 1135 of the uh, of the national um, of the regulations um, to enable the waiver process to begin. So they are going to they're going to take the lead really on um, informing um, providers where these 1135 waivers will need to be used. Um, so so really, we'll be looking to them or um you know our hospital systems or our government um to tell us when and where we need to we need need to be if we have to be at our surgery centers um helping out through the 1135 waiver in a capacity that we wouldn't normally be um they're really who we'd be looking for to tell us to do
3: Uh, A couple of things just to talk a little bit about here. Um, Trying to see if anybody, we do have, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I have somebody trying to call in. I don't recognize the name though. So if if that individual um, that's trying to call in could at least text who they are, I'd appreciate it. Uh, One thing I want you to start thinking about is we uh, start uh, shutting down Uh, If you do decide to continue to pay your employees, uh, there might be some things that we can do in order to, uh, you know, maximize the use of our time to, uh, you know, kind of get things caught up. We all know that we are running out of time. I mean, we never have enough time to do everything that we have. Um, let's put it that way. And uh, this would be a good time to kind of get caught up on things uh, in your uh, facility. If you're going to be paying employees to be at home, if you do choose to do that, uh, you certainly have a right to ask them to do certain things uh, on your behalf, such as uh, do, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's time to escalate your, uh, your uh, annual training, um, to uh, review your policy manuals. Certainly, you should be looking at your infection control uh, program again. You should be doing that anyway, all the time, but uh, taking a hard look at it right now uh, using some of the uh, tools that we've posted on the website. Uh, Consider uh, also revising your emergency preparedness plan and considering uh, you know changes. Especially, we we don't always we never really spend a lot of time. I would imagine on the pandemic, would though we should have. Uh, given that that would have been the more likely thing that we would uh, would have, uh, so look at that. Do some tabletop drills. I, I imagine it would be kind of fun to do a tabletop drill over uh, over uh, a message. So there's no we uh, we in our company. I don't necessarily want to uh, mention company names, but we use a Zoom Z O O M. We have a subscription with them so that we can do uh, meetings up to 100 attendees. We actually can do up to 1,000. We just have to pay more at this point. 100 has been more than enough for us to handle. And what's nice about Zoom is it allows you to see the people at the other end um, or for them to just to call in. You can also share screens. Uh, To that end, uh, one of the things we're going to be rolling out over the next couple weeks is uh, some training. Uh, we kind of figured this might be a good time to give everybody uh, some uh, educational programming as they're, uh, again, if you're shutting down or if your volume starts to drop, you might have some time to do things. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll try to be offering some things to uh, kind of use this time to the best adva- our best advantage uh, if you're going to be at home, uh, uh, you know, not necessarily working for the surgery center. Not to say that things are, are going to be totally calm, but um, but those might be some other options there. So. Uh, we're looking at ways uh, to, uh, to to expedite that. We are thinking about doing quite a number of uh, live podcasts or live format podcasts. Uh, Lori and I have talked a little bit about uh, doing the uh, infection preventionist training, for example, in this type of a format here, uh, giving credit for it, keep credit for it, as well as uh, giving you a certificate at the end after you pass a test. We'll not make it too difficult for you, but but at least uh, so we have some proof that you listen to the. Uh, to the podcast. And, uh, you know, we have uh, slides, we've already been working on some of those slides, or I should say Lori has been working on those slides. Um, So those are options that we might have um, in the future, just to kind of maximize your time. And of course, really try to learn, you know, from this whole experience.
4: Hey, the other thing um, that you can do, if you are going to have staff in house, um, if you are capable of having them in house, this is a great time to do a huge cleaning
3: Yes. Clean
4: your clean your center. Take everything out. Check your dates. You can do your out dates. Um, you could go through stuff, see if you're still using things or not using things. It might be a great time to, um, you know, get rid of the supplies that you're not using to make room for the stuff that you are. Possibly get credit for things that are just sitting on your shelves that um, you wouldn't even think about till it's till they are expired. But you can do a real thorough. Um, cleaning you can look at your center with a different set of eyes to say all right what can i have um that's out uh potentially uh to an exposure situation that doesn't need to be out do i really need to have a whole package of um two by twos for my IV star kit or can i just have maybe you know uh you know a quarter of that package things like that um that we don't always um, think about, um, you know. Uh, so you you this way you you know do your inventory. You could find out if you have uh, waste, um, or you could see the things that you're you con- know you're, you're um, ordering all the time, you know. So that's that's no one likes cleaning their house, but it's so much nicer to get paid to do it.
5: Yeah, that's right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so you know, here's an opportunity. You know, take the people that you have. And, like John said, go through your policies. Really, really go through your policies. You know, if you are accredited by anybody, compare your, um, your accreditation standards to, for whichever um, organization that you adhere to and make sure your policies are, are following along with what their expectations are um, so that you will be so far ahead of yourselves. I, I can only imagine right now in, in my state, in Massachusetts. We probably won't be doing surveys for the next months with this big, um, you know, freeze type thing. Since they're closing, they're you know going to shut down elective procedures. I can't see um, anybody, the state or otherwise, sending out surveyors if the facility closed. So you have well, and, the, opportunity yeah. to prepare. You know, right? And
3: and you know, surveyors are at risk also. Um, uh, many of them are as old as, uh, as Lori is, for example, and,
4: you know, when... <laughs> <laughs> or older like John.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they are, uh, they have been sending emails out to us to make sure that we maintain, you know, uh, stay safe. And, uh, certainly, uh, I, I think you're not going to have as many people volunteering to go out and do these surveys. And to that end, I, I, I don't think this is going to end anytime soon on the survey side. You're going to have, uh, this, the surveyors dealing with all kinds of issues, uh, uh, especially in the hospital setting for for quite a period of time. Uh, but to that end, if uh, they get wind that you're not following infection control uh, mm-hmm. procedures in your center, you can bet that they'll be on your doorstep very quickly. So that, that that's what their highest priority is going to be. And again, the reason that we should not be uh, minimizing this. But as for regular survey activity, as for uh, deem status surveys. As for uh, credentialing surveys, I do think that it's going to be uh, uh, going to be a while. since uh, I, I don't think we're going to see any of that anytime uh, in the, the, the next month or so. And we'll keep an eye on it. We, uh, we are in touch with uh, Joint Commission and Triple uh, c on it. And uh, if anybody from Quad ASF is willing to call us, uh, we'd love to talk to them too. Uh, we will try to get them on a, a
4: future podcast. Uh, the other thing, uh, John, you had mentioned earlier that perhaps um, the hospitals may reach out to the local ASCs to do some of the procedures that maybe aren't elective, but can be done in that situation. Well, you know what? You need to prepare for that. You don't want to get the call that.
3: Whoop, Laurie, you're there. I think we lost Alex, me. are you there? Yep, I'm here. I
4: think we lost her. It.
3: gonna be. I think we lost her in the middle of a sentence.
4: Me? You lost me.
3: Yeah, she's gone.
4: Yep. Oh, oh how sad. No,
3: you're back. You're back. Sorry about uh, that.
4: I'm so glad you missed me. Uh, but you know, you might want to think about you know preparing.
3: <laughs> we're, Lord, we're losing here. <laughs> I just got a. Laurie, are you back? No,
1: that's just me laughing.
3: Okay. The CDC is recommending that gatherings of 50 people or more in the U S be canceled or postponed in the next eight weeks due to the coronavirus uh, um, thing. So that, that is something we've been hearing too. Um, I think that that's where, um, we're going to, uh, I, 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 listen, that's where we're heading right now. We're, we're recognizing that, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're heading in the direction that the type of surgery that we do are going to be shutting down. Um, so let's just kind of um, uh, do a quick summary. This all started because Massachusetts is suspending all elective surgery on Wednesday for hospitals and we believe surgery centers, or is that absolutely confirmed, Lori?
4: Um, I can't confirm it online. I can only say that that's what the Department of Health uh, official stated in her um, live uh, press conference okay. on, uh, on the television, on the local television stations.
3: So we, uh, we will continue to monitor. We do expect other states to follow. Uh, if we don't, if you're not uh, told to shut down, uh, you might find yourself with volume levels dropping, especially if you serve an older population and those individuals are, are being told not to go out and do anything that uh, uh, would endanger their lives. Um, so we do expect other states to follow Massachusetts. We've been trying to, uh, to keep track of that and we'll, we'll keep you up to date. Uh, be prepared for tough decisions about what to do with your staff. If you shut down, are you going to be paying for them or not? Um, if you do uh, opt to pay them, you can expect them to do work for you. And we uh, encourage you to start thinking about things that they might be able to do at home to help you, uh, such as uh, doing their annual mandatory training, if that's something that you can provide them, um, you know, online or, uh, you know, through a, a, a conference call or through a uh, um, uh, what's the term? Um, like Zoom teleconferencing, uh, which is a very reasonable price, by the way. I think it's like fourteen ninety five a month uh, for for doing that. You can cancel at any time. And again, I I just mentioned the one that we use. There are other options out there, and we'll we'll put some links up on the website if uh, if you forget what I've just said. Uh, keep track of all the options that are available to you. Uh, keep track of your eleven thirty five waiver eligibility. We will uh, do uh, more research on this, and we'll get a get some information posted on the uh, ASCPodcast.com website. Um, keep in mind that uh, you, uh, in a state of emergency, uh, other organizations uh, or uh, uh, hospitals or uh, the, uh, the government might ask to use your facility. That has happened in the past in New York City, for example, during uh, Sandy. Uh, some of our ASCs down there were uh, asked to uh, be retasked for, um, for other purposes, and then use your time wisely, see if there's, a, there's, you know, anything that, you know, kind of get caught up on that. I'm sorry, I put that item down twice on my wrap-up list. Anybody else have any other comments to, uh, to make here? Anybody uh, of our listeners have anything else to share?
4: My, my only su- suggestion is, you know, keep yourself safe. Right. Keep your patients safe, your family safe. If you don't feel comfortable with something, speak up. Um, if you see someone else doing something that, that you don't, um, believe is the right thing to do, speak up. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about safety. You know, there should be no recourse against anybody, um, or, you know, worst case, bring it to your superiors. Um, you the infection preventionists out there. If you're listening, um, we got to put on our big girl, big boy pants, and buckle down and really be um, surveilling everybody's uh, behavior and practices because there is no room for error right now. There's a lot of people counting on us.
3: Well said, Laurie. Thank you. Uh, we have to, there are certain things that we are legally obligated to say at the end of a podcast. So we're going to go through that now. That's it for this episode of the SC Podcast with John Gailey. Join us again and please consider becoming a patron. That is, uh, it's a lot of money to, uh, to maintain this podcast and uh, we're, we're glad to do it. Uh, but I really would like to encourage you to consider uh, becoming a uh, patron of our podcast. And you can do that simply on the the web, on SCpodcast.com website. No pressure. Uh, it just it does help us to pay the bills here. The sound editor for this episode is Susan Cronkite. Executive producer is John Gailey. Research assistance is provided by Susan Cronkite, Jenna Alvarez, Judy D. Alex Borneman, and Lori Rodericks. Music is provided by Media Sushi and Mike Noah. The ASC podcast with John Gailey is hosted on Podbean and is available in all major podcast channels.
0: This podcast has been an educational and operational tool and is not intended to be a comprehensive resource for all rules, regulations, and standards that an ambulatory surgery center must meet. The advice provided should not be considered as, nor does it constitute legal advice or opinion. When reviewing specific situations involving legal and regulatory issues, attorneys and other professionals should be consulted. This has been a production of Eden Group Development. All rights are reserved. Thank you to our sponsor. Ambulatory Healthcare Strategies. For more information about our services, please visit our website at ah ah-strateg- strategies.com. If you're interested in advertising or sponsoring with the ASC Podcast with John Gailey, please email us at infoascpodcast.com. At we would love to hear your questions and comments. Please email us at commentsascpodcast.com. At